Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never Good morning, everyone. Today is Tuesday, February 20th of 2024. I'm your host, Rose Cress, and today we've pulled Invisible Boy. So before I talk to you about the song, I'm trying to do this thing where I give you a short recap of what we're going to talk about before I talk about it. And just note, it's always going to be a little bit different. But in any case, the place we're going today is about feeling your feelings and practices to feel your feelings and discussions around feeling your feelings. So Invisible Boy comes from the 2014 album Unrepentant Geraldine's. And this is, you know, Tori's like, I'm turning 50. I'm 50 album. And the big theme of this album is not aging, but rather being unrepentant. I mean, I guess you could say being unrepentant about aging, but she talked a lot about on the press tour and promos, this sense of being unrepentant about learning new things and changing our minds like, oh, hey, I learned something new and now I'm going to change my mind or I'm going to change my belief. I mean, if you look at politicians, like they cling to old beliefs and old information just because they once said that. It's terrible. It's terrible, but it locks all of us into that, and we lock ourselves into it like, oh, that person's wishy-washy because they learned something new and changed their mind. Mm-mm. So it's about that sense of being unrepentant this in the same way that I should be unrepentant for how many times I have to restart a podcast. This one in particular. <laughs> That's okay. Once I get going, like I'm in it. But I want to read to you first before anything else. I wanted to read to you what Tori shares. Uh, this is from the Spotify commentary on this album. So she says, whatever invisible boy means to the listener, some people think it's about somebody, somebody who lost their father or they're not accepted for what they do. So they're a loner. They're on the outside and they're not being accepted for who they are or who they want to be. And once I understood that invisible boy is a sensitive person that isn't always able to show himself because his mates might think he's not tough or masculine enough. So the fact that he's a romantic, whatever his sexuality is, the fact that he has really good friends with women and cares about them, the fact that he does have these strong emotions but can't necessarily express them and is afraid that if he does, he could be bullied or ridiculed. So he just doesn't share them. And I wanted the song to be for all those people that exist more than I think we realize they do. Those people that can't express their emotions, and there's so many people in this world that can't express their their emotions for whatever reason. I mean, some people were bullied for their emotions when they were a child, or ridiculed, or teased about the emotions that they were having, or maybe you're from a family that just doesn't discuss emotions, so it's really hard to not only talk about what you're feeling, but also hard to express those feelings. And so we just kind of exist in this really kind of linear and and two-dimensional space of like, oh, here's my, here's what I'm presenting to the outside world, but I'm not going to, you know, that what I present to the outside world, I'm also going to present the same face to the people that are close to me because I can't express those emotions. It's not safe to express those emotions. And so it's left to really, really deep deep personal relationships to where you might be able to express something like that. And it's not something new that Tori sings about in this 
on this album or even this song. She's sung about it before in uh, Ruby Through the Looking Glass, where she talks about um, doesn't every boy smoke to cry? And then I saw an interview with Natalie Portman when she played Jackie Onassis talking about, or the, and Jackie Kennedy, really, but talking about an interview that she watched with Jackie Onassis um, shortly after JFK was shot, and, and Jackie's just smoking, 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 and that really there was a sense, and maybe even she says, like, you know, I'm just smoking so I don't have to have my feelings. So, yeah, we all engage in these things to not feel our feelings because a lot of times our feelings are overwhelming and I get that I understand that I mean imagine growing up in a house maybe you don't have to imagine maybe you you resemble this but you grow up in a household where feelings are not acceptable and or you grow up in that kind of you know waspy kind of house where you can have feelings but the feelings that are acceptable are happiness or laughter and anger And everything else is like, you know, don't do that. Let's button that up really fast because not only do you having that feeling make me uncomfortable, but reminds me of my own feelings that make me uncomfortable that I don't know what to do with. I don't know how to process this feeling. I don't know where this feeling is coming from. So let's just shut the whole thing down and let's just pretend that everything is fine. Because, I mean, really, that's where we are in this world. That's what is acceptable. So I understand that. And so that's what Tori's talking about here, is that there are people in this world that we can't go out and and have our feelings. And so they become invisible. And maybe this term invisible boy is really about the man who is the invisible boy on the inside or the person who's the feeling like the invisible boy on the outside. Because, you know, you're a boy, you can't cry. I mean, girls don't get that, you know, we get stop crying. When you grow up as a little girl, you get stop crying, but you don't get man up. You're not supposed to be crying when you're a little girl. And that's why I think she's using that terminology, invisible boy here, because she's trying to look at that experience of invisible boy. So she suggests you could go undercover, make your great escape, go where only eagles dare go without needing wings. Jump on a triumph like Steve McQueen. It's time you lived your dream. But how can this be, you say? Won't it all fade away if I'm only made out of clay? Only made out of clay? So this sense of like, go ahead, escape. Go have your feelings. Go have your dreams. Go have your experiences. And this invisible boy is like, well, wait a second. Won't it just, it'll all just fade away. I'm made of clay. I'm not even really real. If I can't express who I am, if I can't be who I am, if I can't have my feelings and feel my feelings, all of that's going to go away because I'm not really real. I'm just simply made out of clay. (sighs) This is so sad. It's so sad, but it's this invitation to feel our feelings. And so as I was thinking about practices as I was doing this, um, the one practice that came was the mudra called Purna Hridaya, and Purna means all, like absolute. So Purna Hridaya is welcoming all of the heart. And this mudra is so simple. You've seen it. There's a great picture of Tori doing this mudra, but you're simply making a a heart with your hands. So if you brought your hands in front of your heart 
You touch the pads of your thumbs together and then touching the tips of your fingers together, you're gonna curl your fingers in so that the fingernails and first knuckles touch and then you're looking at a heart. And the mudra Purnahridaya welcomes feelings and thoughts. So this is a mudra, I mean, you could listen to the song. It'd actually be a great idea to listen to the whole song while holding the mudra. And so you get that length of the mudra, the length of time that we want to be in for a mudra. Anytime we do hand gestures, that's what a mudra is. Anytime we do those, we want to hold them for a minimum of 30 seconds, up to five minutes. I mean, sometimes more, especially if you're working therapeutically. And this is a mudra that's not very activating. So if if you are really wanting to welcome feelings and your thoughts, then you could use this therapeutically, which would be 45 minutes a day, which is a lot but you can break it up into three parts. Or you could just simply put on Invisible Boy and hold this mudra while you welcome whatever it is you're feeling. So the other thing that I really thought about with this, and I was thinking about it, like I I meditate to the song and I play it a couple of times and really kind of feel it and imagine myself, what am I doing in my yoga practice? And I don't record right afterwards. Instead, I like to kind of go and, and do other stuff. And it kind of like just percolates and kind of rolls around in my head, in the back of my head a little bit. So as I was doing that, I was thinking about how when I describe the yoga that I teach, which is life force yoga, I call it feel your feelings yoga. And we've always talked about life force yoga as feel your feelings yoga, as opposed to feel good yoga. And the thought that came for me was that, okay, yeah, with life force yoga, we really are doing a lot of feel your feelings yoga, but there's nothing wrong with feel good yoga. Because if I say as opposed to, then it puts them up against each other. And, you know, it it holds feel your feelings as maybe more valuable of an experience than feel good yoga. And really, we need to be feeling good in this world. And So they work together. They're synergistic. They're partners in the experience because we do a practice and we feel good with the practice and the feeling your feelings part of the practice. This is how yoga is such an important tool for you. This is how yoga is going to bring you to a place of improving your life. It's not you know, if I do this pose X amount of times, I'm going to feel better. Like, yeah, there's a certain amount of like your body might feel stronger and some energetic stuff is for sure going on. But the real gem part of yoga is when you pause after the practice and you feel your feelings. And so what does it look like to feel your feelings? Well, let's just say you've done a really big standing pose with your legs wide apart. So as you come back to that neutral standing position, you start by feeling your feet and feeling your ankles. You're feeling the sensations in your ankles. If it's like a wide-legged forward fold, then the outsides of your ankles are going to be slightly burning. If you've been doing like a chair pose, for example, when you come back to that center, your ankles might not be feeling much, but your quad muscles, the thighs, they're going to be burning a little bit. You might be feeling a more rapid breath. The hips might feel even or uneven. 
as you're taking deeper breaths, especially if the pose was different, it's like a one-sided or two-sided pose. You do it on one side and then you do it on the other side. As you take a deep breath, you might actually feel the difference in the expansion of the lungs. You might feel more breath in one lung than the other lung. The shoulders might feel different. The tops of the shoulders might be a little tired if you were holding up the arms. There might be sweat on the brow, but there also might be some tingling sensations in the hands. There might be a sense of peace that's growing, or maybe you just can feel like, oh, I've touched into a moment of calm or of peace or of strength or of energy. Oh, my mind is a little more focused. Every time we do this with any practice that we do, anytime we do this, we're teaching ourselves to better understand this body that we're living in. We're feeling our feelings and it builds up our capacity and strength to when just simply experiencing body sensations builds up our capacity to start witnessing our feelings of sadness or happiness or anger or hurt. And the more that we can be a witness to our own experience from a place of strength, the more we can grow from that, the more we're no longer ruled by our feelings. Because like right now, something happens and you get, you know, you're all of a sudden you're on this pathway and you're just carried away and engaged in a in a sense of reactivity and i have yet to meet people who are not uh, upset or uh, frustrated when they get carried away in their own reactivity meaning you know something happened and then you reacted to it and then after the fact there was this kind of like ugh this happened like today at work a kid fell into the pool i mean little kids when they're doing swim lessons fall into the pool all the time like it's part of the process of learning to swim and both the teacher was there and the parent pulled the kid up out of the water and the kid was like really crying and and I was you know lifeguarding the situation so I was right there and I checked and you know I mean mom's got the kid so I don't you know and the kid's fine and breathing so I don't really need to check on the kid I'm checking on the mom and you know how are you and and you know she was like I think I'm okay and I'm like all right well come talk to me if you're not okay I'm here to talk to you but really what the kid was feeling like yeah they did something they were playing when they shouldn't have been playing and then fell in the water and then got really embarrassed about it and so you know like oh I'm playing I'm having fun and and then you know fell in the water and then I couldn't get back up because I don't know how to swim yet and then there was panic and then there's embarrassment so there's this whole chain of reactivity happening here and the pause point in the chain is the feeling it'll be interesting to see if next week if this kiddo is a little more attentive about not playing with their hands in the water if they learned that lesson and is that lesson of embarrassment over you know having mom pull you out of the water because your head went under the water is that enough of a catalyst 
of, you know, feeling that feeling? Is that enough of a catalyst to change a behavior? And I think what it all comes down to in the end is whatever is going on for you, whatever reactivity is going on for you, if you can feel that and feel what comes afterwards, which I have to say, sadly, when we're, we're reactive in what is I don't know, sometimes categorized as negative. I don't want to use that word negative, but constrictive is a better word in a way that constricts us. That is often the catalyst for change. I mean, are you going to change something when you feel good about it? No. Why would you? (laughs) It feels good. So why do I need to change that behavior? And therein lies the problem with sociopaths or uh, people who violate social norms and it's a personality disorder and I cannot for the life of me think of the name right now which is okay but you know they do what feels good and if it hurts other people those are the people that do not care it just doesn't matter that somebody else was hurt because they don't have that capacity for holding other people's emotions but we don't have to hold other people's emotions at first we have to practice holding our own feelings and emotions if you're holding other people's feelings and emotions above your own Well, that's an interesting lesson. You're getting the practice of what it means to feel feelings and hold space for others to feel feelings. And now it's time to turn that attention to yourself. So there you have it. Feel good yoga and feel your feelings yoga. They work together. What is feel good yoga? Well, honey, anything that makes you feel good is feel good yoga. Go do your favorite pose, your favorite practice, and be unrepentant about feeling good in your yoga practice, and then be even more unrepentant about feeling your feelings. Go have a ball feeling your feelings. You don't need to eat them. You don't need to bury them. You don't need to send them away. Welcome them. Feel them. Witness them. And then you get to move through them to something bigger and better. So as always, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure. And honestly, the fact that you've listened, that you've made it this far, that maybe this has um, touched you or given you something to work with, something to support you. um, It's the seriously, honestly, one of the, I don't even, I don't have the words for it. I am struggling for words right now for gratitude. It's just the humbleness of being welcomed into your headspace, your ear space, your life space. It's very, uh, it's moving for me. I hope to be your witness and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you follow us on the socials, Songs of Tori Amos on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, songsoftoriamos.com. If you want to be a guest on the show for a Fan Favorite Friday, send us an email, songsoftoriamos at gmail.com, and I will see you tomorrow for another episode. Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs>
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.